On today's episode, Dave interviews Lucas Neff. Lucas is a Chicago-born actor who's played Jimmy Chance in the Fox series Raising Hope. He was also in John Sayles' film Amigo, the miniseries 7 Pacific 10 Eastern, and will be seen in the upcoming film Glitch. Lucas improvises an odd man at I.O. West in Los Angeles. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. It's so interesting because uh, uh, I've been really thinking about that we post such similar stuff on Facebook. And it's just... It's a tough time. It's a fucking tough time, it's dude. It's a tough time to, it's a really, to really be tough invested. Time. It really is. And I can't help but be... I really can't help but be invested. And what I don't get is the douchebags that fucking aren't invested. And yeah. I... Uh, somebody the other day said... Uh, Rob Riley, second seat alum, was like... Because somebody posted a blog about what a dick this guy was in. And it's used the word dick. Yeah. What a dick this guy was in... Um, what city was it? Uh, Missouri, and he was. This doing, sounds like a place where there'd be a lot of dicks. It would so be far, Missouri. I'm completely fucking huge. on board with this story. And this guy, <laughs> representative, he was a representative. Still oh yeah, is. The, that I guy, know who you're talking about. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I think his name is Bitain or Bitain or something mm-hmm. like that. And his he, dick, a he, dick. He's a dick. He's a fucking dick because yeah. he says things like, "If you're raped." Or if you have a baby and want an abortion, we got to talk to the father of that child first. Yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking dick move. Yeah. And then I went on his website, the legislature's website, because you can right now. If you want to see a dick, you want to go deep with the dick. Yeah. Um, so I went on his website to see what other kind of legislation he, he has. And he his first thing out is um, re- repeal health care. Yep. Yeah, which are words that you would think you would never, ever, you would never put together, right? You would never be like, healthcare, that's something we need to get rid of. Like, the faster we can get rid of healthcare, the better off we'll all be, like, right? Right. Like, where, where does it, it's, it's the, but, but and I, I believe this is a structural issue to do with education, and, and particularly state education, because what private schools do with their money and their curriculum, I guess, is their business. Right. I don't think we should pay for it. You went to Decatur in grammar school. You went to, so that, yeah. that, was a, that, was a, that was a gifted program, right? Yeah, a magnet school. Yeah. Do you know Mrs. Schachter who went there? Of course. There? She was the principal. She died. She died last week. Sorry no. to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's kind of a, a, sh- a shock. That's, that's a huge a, thing. Yeah, that's a huge she yeah. was a huge part of the first. Oh uh, fuck! Right? Yeah, the first twelve years uh, for, between five and twelve, she was an integral part of my day to day existence. And look at me! I didn't even I didn't even soften it. I didn't go. Yeah, you just dropped it. I kind of well, I haven't it. been in touch with her in, in good god years. Right. I think I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter a few years back to uh, a collection of my grade school teachers who are still regularly getting tea, I mm-hmm. think, or coffee, and they reached like. They, they wrote me something, and so I wrote them back a, a very uh, a, a letter just infused with gratitude. Lovely. Because they were great teachers, and they really taught me the process of critical thinking. Right. Which I think is the most integral aspect of education, is the ability to think critically. But the other thing that I was getting to earlier is that I think that uh, we don't have a, our curriculum, while sort of classical, classically derived, I think, you know, like they tried to even teach us Latin at my school. They did a miserable job of it. God bless his heart. He just, he, he was all about the mythology. No, I'm sorry. You went to Decatur and then we went to... I went to Whitney Young. Whitney Young. That was yeah. it. That was it. But, uh... Whitney Young's a Chicago public school. Yeah, it's another, and it's got a magnet program within it. Right. The sort of concentric yeah. circles of sort of education that's sort of like a very amorphous, very porous. There's a lot of things leaking in and out. In got terms it. Of like Which is great. Class. It's great. It's a great social environment. I think that's one of the best things you can say for it is that it's a diverse environment where you're mm-hmm. going to encounter lots of different kinds of people. 
and it forces you to, to think of the world as sort of a, a variegated flag of many hues and tints and colors and stripes. But uh, they don't, I think that education it needs to be more practical. And I don't mean that in terms of trade. Right. I think in terms of like understanding how legislation works. And not in a let's all take the U.S. history test of like you present a bill, a bill gets passed. What right. is a bill in terms of like funding, in terms of the difference between state government and federal government, in the terms of, of local government, of what a city councilman does, what an alderman does, how f campaign finance works. Um, you know, there's a lot of things like I've been reading this uh, macroeconomics books is incredibly written for the layperson by Paul Krugman. But there's like there's no Wait, real. Is this his most recent book or we... uh, end this depression now? Which Got I it. Think, uh, my parents gave me a, a, like as a, a gift a little while Three back. Years ago, maybe. Yeah, it's been yeah. updated. I think he added some chapters yeah. to sort of make it. The New York Times columnist. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's one of those things where they don't really teach like when they, when we talk about the economy in school, it's jobs and it's. Uh, can you, you know, like there's a practice Wall Street thing in sixth grade that I did where you buy stocks and see how well you did. But it doesn't question the structure of the stock market. It doesn't question the structure. And it's something that's still, I think, invisible to a lot of us. But like, you know, the understanding of private debt versus public debt and how there's different kinds of debt and how that makes a huge difference or, or like <clears throat> how inflation is different. The, the effect of inflation, the impact of inflation is different depending on the percentage of it. Right, like where it can be, be benevolent, yes. like a certain amount of inflation can be benevolent to an economy, and that's something that's never really explained. I think. Well, people hear the word inflation and they immediately go, "It's sort of like Hitler." But it can be great if you're in debt. Right. Inflation in terms of your mortgage can be wonderful because it means you owe less value. Like right. your house is suddenly the value of your house is adjusting appropriately so that you owe technically less debt to it. Right. And your also house isn't worth as much. Yeah. Right exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You Which know. is good if you owe money to you know. <laughs> exactly. Audit. Right. Because right at that moment you're going. I would rather right now put my money into this house and have the money that that I'm saving. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and it's also the exchange rate when you go to another country, understanding yeah. what that is. Yeah, I was just reading about optimal currency yep. areas and, and sort of like that where like the whole situation with the euro and why like, you know, Argentina basing its, its peso or whatever it is, like affixing it to the dollar, why that was such a disastrous move for that economy because they don't do enough trade with us right. to justify that sort of existence. How could, but that's another thing where you go, where you think, how does that happen? How does how is it that there isn't a Paul Krugman down there? How is it that the well, major are, part, right? but but a major part of their financial system, is is making this wholesale change, and nobody's saying, wait a minute, shouldn't we be in some kind of economic pact with these people? Right. If we are exchanging, and if we are basing, and all that stuff. Yeah. For me, I look at all I, all those things that we're talking about right now. It it appears that, okay, first off. Do people have time to think about all those things? Do people have time to learn about all those things? Do people have, but I do. I think they I, do. I think they I do absolutely too. think they do. Yeah. I, I look. I, there's not one person that I've met, and they're always bitching and moaning about the lack of time to get something that they really need to get done. Whether it be die, you know, like I need to get to the gym more, or like I really wish that I could read more. And I'm like, you have that time. I guarantee you spend hours a day mindlessly surfing the internet or, or like, something else. Yeah, there's something you're doing mindlessly right. as a distraction. That you you don't want to subtract time from that mindlessness because that is a, it's an important way to sort of regain a sense of composure I guess you know to relax to find some type of relaxing distraction but whatever it is if you, if you're so stressed out about the inability to do something else you need to subtract from that free time or be at peace with that which you're spending your time with yeah like be yeah this is this is what you've chosen to do and because ultimately this is what you've chosen to do exactly uh, because that is what you're doing 
Somebody once said, whatever it is that's taking you away from what it is that you want to do is what you're doing. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a way better. That sums up exactly what I said, but like way better and more concisely. But the thing is, we had to go through that in order to uh -huh. get to that. That's the whole yeah. thing. We had to go through that. But that is that that whole the idea of oh, I don't have time to. Yes, you do have time to. Absolutely. Um, but I also think that uh, you don't have children, right? No. Okay, I don't have children. Um, I'm newly I'm newly in a relationship which uh, I, I yeah I'm really excited about it it's really it's really, really great with the holidays it's oh. usually the opposite oh no right yeah, right it's usually right. an unraveling of things <laughs> well, a yeah, horrific emotional unraveling that has happened too <laughs> this one was years in the making and uh, uh, so I I think about the time that I spend with my girlfriend and I think okay the time that I spend with time is a for me time is finite yeah it is. It's yeah. a discrete quantity. Exactly. And for it's, us, in terms of lifespan. Well, yes, and yes. And then if you want to break it down to the micro, it's it, for us in terms of my day. Yeah. And how much time do I have to spend? And it's interesting because you go, time and money are the same because I get to spend my time and I get to spend my money yeah. on that which I choose to. And when it comes to my girlfriend, I get to spend my time and my money, yeah. which I really like. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I have both those things. Yeah. I have both the time and the money. But it's the, I think the key word that you said was mindless. It's mindless, and I think that that's the that is, um, excuse me, a major part of what's going. A major part. Oh, here I am on my high horse, but be mindful. Yeah. Just be aware of what Present. the fuck you're doing. And if you are surfing the net, fucking surf the net, dude. Yeah. If that's what you're doing, then do that. Well, I just recently re-enabled Siri on my phone, uh -huh. and it was because I was always like, why? I don't care. Siri is such a useless thing for me. I'll just go to Safari. I'll just look up whatever it is. But then I started realizing, like, oh, I have this instant search tool. Like, if I have a question, and I have so many questions, I always like look at something like, how does that function? I'm always, you know, I'm always curious, like, what is the operating um, process behind this thing that we sort of take for granted. Is that Siri you're talking about? Yeah, and so mm -hmm. like, you know, Siri is this great thing where I can just hold a button down for a second and be like, Siri, what kind of bird, you know, you know, like what, what is a common type of small green bird in Southern California? And then I see what she says. Right. Because I just saw this thing and I'm like, oh, I want to know what that is. Right. And that's available to me and that's a mindful way, I think, of using the technology at our, at our disposal. Do you know about this, the new thing that you have where if you've got your if you have your phone charging and you have you have your phone on and it's charging and you're on your network, you could just go, "Hey Siri," and it'll wake your phone. It? Yep. Is that a, is that an iOS update or is that a it's new an phone? It's an iOS update. You can just say, "Hey Siri." Hey Siri, and if you are plugged in to the wall socket, yeah, or any kind of charging device, charging yeah, device, yeah, USB if you're charger. plugged in, it will go what? She will go watch. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And, and but I love what you're saying because ultimately what you're saying is, if there's a moment where I'm curious, I have I get to have an answer. Yeah, you're walking around with a an incredible amount of second of secondarily <clears throat> stored information, right? Clearly. Yeah, you're walking around with the Library of Alexandria. Right. And and we don't really. We use it to find out if a cafe has shitty wait service, which which you know, is a which good is thing, useful, right? Because it's utilitarian. Yes, and uh, and what it also does is it saves me time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't save me time. It doesn't waste my time. Yeah, but but it's about a different sort of uh, attitude with the way that you interact with your environment, isn't it? And and I think that what we're talking about as a whole, uh, even with like Dick in Missouri, is whether or not the people want to interact critically with their environment, whether they're willing to examine it beyond a, the first surface glance, 
-hmm. you know, whether they just wanted to sort of jet ski over the surface of what is happening and just move past things and, and find the path of least resistance mentally yes. to get to the end of the day. Yes. And, and I think a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, I think and most I, people do that. I, I do too. But I think it's one, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily always a choice for most people. I think it's a choice for um, people of privilege and people with education to choose to be less critically engaged because they've had every, they've had so many people in their lives to encourage them to think differently. So what I you're think. saying is it's the education to, uh, because I, 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 I also feel. But I think we throw a lot of people off. Uh, we, we kick a lot of people off the bus in terms of not even giving them the opportunity to, to, tools to think critically. Is it, because a lot of what you're saying right there also makes me think about the idea of being mindful and aware and present. And I don't know, I, because if, if you're just going, I just, I'm just living for the weekend. If yeah. that's what you're living for, if you're living for that, I want to pull you back and go, how about right now? How about yeah. what's happening right now? Yeah. How about looking at what's happening right now? And is your, I don't could know your weekend be better? What's that? Could your weekend be better? What does better mean? The well, vibe, you know what I mean? Uh, well, it depends on a personal scale, right? Your personal construct of what you imagine and envision a perfect weekend to be. But if you're living for the weekend, don't you want that weekend to be fucking awesome? <laughs> and I think you have to critically engage with your surroundings to be able to understand what would make your weekend better or worse. Right. And to remove those things from your weekend that would unbetter your weekend. Yeah. If you're going to be living for it. Yeah. Right. If you're going to devote your life to that weekend, right? You want that weekend to be paying back some serious dividends. Oh yeah, which means you better fucking be aware that. Well, here's a thing: if you want to be aware of the weekend, you have to be aware of the week. In order yeah. for you to be aware of the weekend, now that is not going to be a good anthem song. No. Or well, I'm just living for the week. Based on a series of standards and criteria which heavily affect the, uh, you know, the goodness of aforementioned weekend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and but I understand what you're saying about people who have money and people who have an education. Um, my feeling, and I, because a lot of what I teach is 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 asking people, are you aware of being here right now? Are yeah. you aware of the present that you're in right now? Are you aware of this right now? When I say this right now, it's like you and I are sitting here in my apartment in Los Angeles. Are you aware that you're on stage right now? Are you aware of where you're standing right now? Yeah. Because I think that it brings everything brings. Can people be at peace at their thisness? Yeah. I, well, it's, it's an incredible, it's the duality between having a thoughtful, considered, examined life and living intuitively. Mm -hmm. And I think those are both equally necessary and important. When you say intuitively, what do you mean? I mean the ability to live um, in an immediate fashion mm -hmm. and trust what your instincts and, and things t are telling you other than just rational process, conscious thought. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, I'm going to operate this door because I understand that door, you know, like the, the process of levers and fulcrums and, and, you know, ball and joint. And if I turn this knob with this much pressure and exert it and pull, then at a certain point, I will have entryway into a new area. You know, like as opposed to that, you're just like, mm, I open the door. Right. And I think like there's a, there's a especially in, in improv and what we do in performing, when you're on stage, you need to exit that considered place and be able to live in an intuitive present thisness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know otherwise you're not going to be able to be fully uh there right for what's happening yes. and that's the only part that matters at that point is the happeningness you know everything that is in the gerund state that is unfolding currently you know rational consideration thought involves so much past tense it draws you need to draw upon so much previous experience and consider it and balance it and weigh it and and i think there's a place for that so that when you get to the happening, you can let go of it and just be there. Yes.
But that's how you, you, when you're living for the weekend, you do all the considering. When you get to the weekend, you're just living. If you can, or yeah. if you're in the weekend saying, man, uh, this is going to be, this has got to be good. I have to make this. This has got to be good. This has got to be better. Yeah. It's got to be better. And the moment that you say this has got to be better, what I feel is you're going, better than what? Why are you comparing Thursday yeah. to Saturday? Well, maybe it's instead a, of just being in Saturday, maybe, but maybe it's Saturday to Saturday, which is the thing that we do is like, why is this show better than that show? Why was this show shittier than last week? Okay. You know? Now I don't, I, for me, the word better always makes me go meh right. because better does not exist in the present. The most of the word better is comparison yeah, to something the else. past. There has to be so, something else. Exactly. But when you're stepping outside of it, like the show has ended and say you do, you're doing a post-op or something like that of what happened. Why did it happen? Was that the strongest decision we could have made mm -hmm. in those circumstances? What is it about my decision-making process right then that could be altered so that when my process encounters this moment in the future, I make a stronger decision? Right. A stronger decision. A yeah. strong decision. A strong decision. A strong right. decision as opposed to maybe a less strong decision. <laughs> well, a weak decision. Yeah, a weak decision. Because let's just call it what it is. Yeah. You know, if you bullshit. want to say it's Terrible decision. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I feel like if you're going to use the word strong, mm. um, if you're going to if you're going to say less strong, let's just say what it is. It's yeah. weak. Because if I'm going to say weak, uh, I'm just living for the weak. And if I'm going to say weak, um, that is a total different. Yeah, sure. It's a binary. Thing. It creates a binary. Exactly. So you have to, you and then we get to look those. at that thing. We go, oh, that's weak, as opposed to that's not as strong. No, that's weak. Yeah. That's weak. And so, but I think that a lot of people don't want to use the word weak because they think if I use the word strong, I'm, it's stronger. But let's fucking call it what it is. Yeah, it's I agree weak. with you. I agree with you. But I've found that when in a collaborative process, you have to sort of it, – it, it, there, there can be value in sort of sussing out how sensitive certain people are to vocabulary. I understand. And to, to be able to communicate like, because, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to sit back as an individual and, and regard uh, individual, your individual performance to a certain extent, your mm -hmm. individual, what happened to you, what happened within you in that moment and be like, oh, well, here's this moment and there are all these roads that opened up. And I, and I went this way because I was thinking this and that thought is actually a toxic thought. That was a very self. That was a selfish, toxic, I narrowing see. thing. Looking back on yeah, looking back on uh -huh. it, it was a decision to go for a cheaper objective, uh -huh. like a, a cheap laugh, as opposed to building something more constructive and being patient in that moment and letting something bigger blossom. But it, in a collaborative environment, there's also things where, as a group, we didn't listen. Like we were fucking shit at listening. But doesn't and that so really mean? All... Doesn't that mean though? Really, truly, I didn't listen. Yeah, I was also one of the people not listening. Because for me, I, I, the only thing that I can control is my, my, yeah, my feeling in that. Yeah. So in that, for us to say we didn't listen, all that I could say is I didn't listen. And if somebody else wants to chime in and say I didn't listen either, yeah. that's great. But I, but, but I see what you're saying also because you're yeah. going, okay, we've got to be tender with certain people's feelings. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, especially if, if you understand that they will get where you want them to go. But they they needed different vocabulary to help them get there. Boy, oh boy, I I, I and there's I, something to say. Don't cater to it because you'll make a stronger person by with honesty. But there's also something to be said for like incrementally opening them up and building them up so that they can be strong enough to take to give them a thicker skin eventually. Fucking a! I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have fucking time. No, it's not that I don't have time. I have plenty of time. I don't want to spend the time like massaging your ego. Yeah. Because really, if I want to say, I think that was a weak choice that we made. 
because yeah. we both made it. Yeah. And I'm saying that's a weak choice. I'm not going to say that's not as we, we could have made a stronger choice because I feel like weak is so much. Yeah. I, I don't pull punches and I don't pull punches because I'm insensitive or I don't have, um, I'm not um, uh, empathetic. Yeah. I pull punches because it's like, come on, let's just talk what it is. Because if I say you could have made a stronger choice, you're hearing the word strong. Yeah. And that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but you don't, I don't think you play with those weak skinned people, do you? No, not generally. I no. don't, but I've stepped me, in, I've stepped in, I play it like I'll hop in on, I, you know, for, for a period of time I would hop in with just about anybody because yeah. I just love playing. Yes. And it was just like, well, sure, let's play. Yeah. What a great way to spend some time. Right. I want to, that's how I want to mindfully use my time is by, you know, inhabiting thisness with you. Right. That sounds fantastic. Let's do that. But I think that what you understand is that afterwards, if it, if it went awry, you need to be like, well, fuck it. I just, you know, walk away from it because, mm -hmm. you know, you're not invested in it particularly. But if you're a sort of a person like me, which is always like, why, you know, why did it go awry? Why, 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 why? What was the thing that happened? Because you're always like, well, perhaps there's something within myself chemically or, or that I can change <laughs> so that uh -huh. it never happens again. Because when it goes awry, it fucking sucks. It doesn't feel good. Right. You know? And... So you're always like, well, you know, and there's that sort of Christ complex. Where you're like, but if I had just made a different choice, everything could have been fixed. You know, we all would have been blessed with the endow you know, my natural endowment. Uh, I, I also feel like there's another way to make sure that that doesn't happen again, and that's not play with that person. Yeah, well, that's what I say. You just fuck it, and you're like, all right, man. But you know, I, but Great. I feel like that too because out. there are people that I'm going to look at, and because I, I do um, this. I've show. done that. I've done, done that it. too. I, I do that all the time because yeah. one of the things that I do is I will go from city to city like Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. I will go from city to city and people will pay me to play with them. Yeah. That's what it is. And uh, I don't know, you know, you know, maybe half the time I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, or half the time I don't, I've never played with them before so I don't really know what kind of choices they're going to make. All that I can say is, oh, that was good or that, that sucked. Or, but most of the time I'll walk away and go, that's not the kind of person I like to play with. And yeah. I am in a... A place right now in my life where I could go, I could choose the people I want to play with. Yeah. And I, if I choose to play with somebody that is uh, um, uh, not as experienced as I, yeah. and, and that's inexperienced, just, inexperienced, Thank <laughs> <you very> much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> inexperienced, lovely. Let's use that. Um, uh -huh. If they're inexperienced, then I get to go. Oh, they're inexperienced, and those choices that they made, I know, I know why they made those choices. Yeah, I know why they made those choices. Um, and you can walk away from it. And I walk away from it. And I don't, I have no, I, I got no, but I, you, you're a Steppenwolf person, right? Yeah. So did you work with Sheldon? Particularly? Yeah, I did. So you know, that fucker never pulled any punches. No. Never. He didn't. No, he didn't. But it'd be fair, like, in the, in the, in the sort of like truncated experience of improv that I got with him, there wasn't a lot of time. And there was, you know, there was like 20, there was like a 30 or something. There was a lot of people. I'm also talking about just the way that he gave notes in yeah, general, but, not... But I would class. have loved to get, you know, like those notes were always in sort of short form game-ish sort of places. And I think that like while you can get, you can learn, your, the notes you're getting from short form on how to be a better improviser are not necessarily the things that you're going to implement as fully in long form. Or in acting in general. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so I, I think that like you can, get a, you can get a tough critique at a short form, but it's not necessarily something you're going to take with you really deep into life. You know what I mean? Because it's just like... And I think that like, oh, I wish that uh, if you're going to be worth someone who's going to really give you themselves honestly and bluntly, you're going to be in an environment where you're going to succeed or fail on the highest fucking level. So you're getting the deepest, most essential kind of critique. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't, I don't know that like in that environment, it was like two weeks of improv, something like that, two or three weeks. 
What what did you do there? It was like it was like ten hours a day. The, well, you were part of the the conservatory. The conservatory at Steppenwolf. Yeah, and then uh -huh. I did. I've, I've worked at Steppenwolf briefly outside of that, um, a few times. Uh, but in the conservatory, it's just, it's they're really just trying to cram everything they fucking can. And so you have like two or three weeks, and it sort of goes into trimesters for a ten week period where there's like nine week, you know, three weeks of this, three weeks of that, three weeks of that, and then the last week is for performances. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, but we had three weeks then of, of improv, but it's all. We all have to assume coming in that no one's sort of done it. And so we all have to start at this very basic fundamental level. And therefore, there's not an opportunity to sort of like have it, like, let's do a mono scene with two, with the two people right. for 30 minutes. Right. A mono scene being one scene. One, going for 30 one, yes. one scene. Yes. And that's where you are. Yes. And that's who you, who you are. And, uh, and really investigate something of substance and character. You don't get to do that. Is that and what you're you saying? don't get to do right. it. We didn't get to do that at least my year. Right. I don't know if that's changed. Mm -hmm. I, it's it's hard because you have a responsibility to so many students, right? And you want to make sure they all get fair, uh, a fair amount of time, right? Uh, performing, which is I think that you learn so much from you learn by doing, right? And I, I think there's only so much you can learn from he watching other people mm -hmm. and 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 hearing what you should have done. Yes, I have. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, it, going back to the notes that one gets in short form, it seems like. That's more mathematical yeah, than it is exactly. truthful, and I don't say it's a lie. I'm just saying there's truth where I'm. If I'm working with you, I'm. If I'm going to work with you for that 30-minute mono scene, a lot of what we're going to do is I'm going to say that moment that the two of you exchanged that information that moved you, yeah. and you didn't move. Yeah, exactly. That, that emotion that, that There was an impact there that that predicate. You know, based on all the things that predicated, you know, preceded it, you should have. Had an impact on you. Yeah, you could have character. Had, yes, you could have had an impact in that moment. Yeah, and instead you sort of glided past it because you weren't present. You weren't letting it into you. That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. And I go back to I'm just living for the weekend, yeah. which could be the the title of this if I title yeah. podcast. You know, just, just living for the weekend. Um, uh, the idea. By the way, uh, the weekend will never fucking come. No, the weekend never comes. The weekend is an arbitrary uh, human created idea, much like the Gregorian calendar. That's just useful because we have a lot of things to do and so we create a calendar that that helps us break up this vast un, un impregnable idea of time absolutely whereas the weekend is now right the weekend is whenever it is but there is no so, fucking the weekend will never come no no it's either here or it isn't well factually the weekend will come yeah truthfully the weekend can factually, be anytime but we all know what it's like societal way but right. in terms of like life and depending on the job you work even the weekend is a meaningless idea but the weekend would be right Right, and I was just the about to say is that. The weekend is whenever you feel the weekend. I think a lot of people, right, I think a lot, because at Second City, the weekend for me was Sunday was our Friday because Monday was our Saturday. Exactly, and you when know? I was working at a bar, Tuesday, or when I was a lifeguard, my weekend was Tuesday and Wednesday, right. or Wednesday and Thursday, right. because you know my Saturday and Sunday were, were Monday, you know, it doesn't matter, Thursday, my right. Saturday was Thursday, and it's just, it, 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 the math of it, there is the weekend is a fucking right. What is the weekend? You know what I mean. <laughs> what are you living for? I think for? it's also there are people that will go. Oh fuck! You know what I'm gonna be doing on the weekend? I am going to go to the beach. Yeah. And so for you, you're like 
Fuck the beach. The beach is work. I want to go to an office. Yeah, I want to be indoors, air conditioning my brains out. You know what I mean? I want my balls to be shriveled to the size of raisins because it's so fucking cold. Right. That's what I, I, want. I think everybody does know what the weekend feels like a mistaken weekend or a. So when you have it's a, a three, release from But when obligation. you have a three day weekend and you go, today's Tuesday, it's like, today's Tuesday. It's like, no, today's Wednesday. Yeah. Or today's Sunday. It's like, no, today's Monday. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's our Monday, it's our three-day weekend. So that fucks everybody up. But you're absolutely right that um, for me, I don't have a nine-to-five job. You, you don't have a nine-to-five no. job. So, but you, are you still on? Are you Raising or finish this spring. Yeah. So what's your, what's your, what's your, do you do you Monday through Monday or do you Saturday, I went on Sunday? Raising Hope when I was on yeah. that. It was, it was Monday through Friday. What are you doing now? Um, right now I'm just writing. Oh, but you're writing. Out. But yeah. you're Raising Hope. Raising Hope ended in the spring, but for the se- the the way it works, the way that all TV works is it shoots Monday through Friday. Right. So and occasionally they'll a buy a Saturday. You have a, you have a little. It is a nine to five. Right. A TV, and you can draw a lot of sort of metaphor. You can make a lot of allusions here and 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 draw some. You know, like there's a lot of symbology at work here when you want to say what TV is and what it has become and that it is a, pro- a corporate product. There is something to be said in that it it is Monday to Friday. There is overtime. There is like. A lunch, there is, you know what I mean. There's a cafeteria. There can be cafeteria. And you have to take these. Yeah, and 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 it and it functions on a very, uh, it's a sliding scale because uh, the you know we constantly work longer hours than we're supposed to. Yes. So and actors uh, per their union, thank God, get a twelve hour turnaround. Thank God, man. Right. Right. Fuck. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Right. Exactly. My mom, my dad, my uncle, my aunt, my great uncle, my great aunt. Um, my grandmother, my grandfather on both sides, union. Yeah, my grandmother led labor riots in Detroit because she was the national uh, secretary of the of the Young Communist League. Fuck right. Well, yeah. that explains a lot. Yeah, it does. But union, twelve hour turnaround. So, That's where so you but that means if you start, well, we'd start Monday at six a.m. <clears throat> right. You'd have to be there at six a.m. But by Friday, you're coming in at noon because every day you work more than twelve hours. Right. And being on a twenty four hour cycle, that means everything has to get pushed slightly. And so you start at 6 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday is 8 a.m., Wednesday is 9 or 10 a.m. Right. And so it just keeps moving and moving and moving and moving. And uh, it, It's it, a union law. It's a union law, but it also means that you're, not, you, you're working a 9 to 5 that is sometimes 12 to 12. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And thank God. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it, what it does for me is my big thing these days is I go and travel the world teaching travel the world lucas teaching improvisation travel the world I mean, now i don't i'm not i'm not spending my own money people are yeah. paying me to do that yeah. and so i feel like what i did was i took my art and i put commerce into it yeah. so what actors do is they take their art and they put commerce into it but this thing about um you know i would do this for free shut yeah. the fuck up or that we don't need unions, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or there's a lot of non-union shit that's going on now. And I'm going, for, for us, for what we're doing. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Why are you doing that to me? Well, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's where there's such a, there's so many concentric circles of history that are sort of at play here, right? Right, the, the, the disintegration of unions, right, of private unions, particularly in the private sector throughout the 80s. 
thank you, Reagan. Right. You know? Thanks, but but uh, here's another thing. Not thank you, Reagan. Thank you, the people that voted for Reagan. Yeah, Fucking right. thank you, the people that voted for Reagan. Yeah. And a lot, like my dad is IBW, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, like 134. And he, I spoke to the IBW guys in Minnesota. I did a young workers labor thing. I did a lot of labor stomping. That was one of my uh, things to do. I spoke to a lot of IBW guys at the summit in, in Minneapolis. They're great dudes. That, that, yep. And my dad has friends who voted for fucking Reagan. Of course. Who vote man. Republican. I'm going, and my dad's saying, what are you doing? Because it's social. It's social and it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a economic decision. It's not something that is, that is, uh, there's no, they haven't factored in the math of politics. Oh, the fact that they're, they're a the union guy and they're thinking that, right, and they're going, okay, it's a corporation that you're working for, a corporation, mm -hmm. and they want to pay as little money as they could possibly, yeah. pay as little money as they can. Profit. And, right. Profit margin. Profit, right. And what you want to do is you want to go home with more money. There's somebody who's saying, look, we will do this for you. You pay us your union dues, and yeah, it's imperfect, but fuck it. Mm -hmm. we, you pay us your union dues, and we're going to help you out. Why do you want to break your own fucking back. Well, it's because they think, they vote for the guy they think is most like them. They think, they think, they think. They think. That's think. the thing, is the image of the Republican Party is to rep resemble what looks like the working class. How the fuck And is that what it? the working class wants to be, which is the boss. Right. So, the, and, and who said that, um, who said that, uh, 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 there are no poor people. There are just people who are just about to get rich. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, we, I was talking about it with uh, my girlfriend the other day. It's, uh, it's that temporarily, they're like temporarily not millionaires. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. They're temporarily poor. Right, right, right. You know? they're, they're one lottery ticket away because yeah. they're certainly not one job away. No, yeah. Well, that's the thing is now, you know, they don't understand like, you know, the whole idea of promotion, the whole idea of social mobility is being erased. Right. And it has been for decades now. Right. And, and I can't imagine having a nine-to-five job. I fucking can't imagine it. But there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no hope in it anymore, unless you are a white male. There's a, there's a, a, a way of getting through the corporate world that is, it is enhanced and accelerated if you happen to be born a white man. Your chances are better. If I was not a white man, I'd be really fucking pissed. I'm already pissed. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about it the other day. If I was a gay woman of color. Yeah. I, there's no, there would be no height to my fury. It would be, there'd be no depth to it. It would be an infinite sum. Clearly. You know? I would have the pie of fury, like just a decimal extending on into. The pie of fury needs to be one of your books. Yeah, right. The, the pie of fury. <laughs> it would probably be a berry. It would be a berry pie. A berry pie you know, of fury. Something really fresh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a lot of cinnamon on it. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, a real mouthful. <laughs> real mouthful. <laughs> a mouthful of fury, which is the name of your second book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Return of the Mouthful of Fury. The Return of the Mouthful of Fury. No, yeah. I, I totally understand. And that's why I was furious, as were you. I could see I was furious at this election going, what you, what's happening? What's going on? What's happening? Well, why is this happening? It's be, we, we, we have a, an inability to recognize the power of local elections. They're not sexy. They're right. not. They're not advertised as well. We don't know who the people are. We have no understand. Like the whole the way we've engineered elections is that they're they're popularity campaigns. It's prom queen, right? It's prom king and queen, and and that's how the presidential election functions. And that's why we get so excited. We get caught up in the personal narrative mm -hmm. of this huge election. But local elections don't have that. And so if we if all of our voting uh, 
if our if our voting motive force lies in in the allure of a candidate, and we predicate everything based on that, and and it, it is absent from local elections, then we're not going to be as invested, right? Because that's how we've learned to we've trained ourselves to want to vote based on those things, and those things are utterly absent from voting for you know judges. I, I also believe that how can you vote for someone who wants to cut out a major... So you're on food stamps now. Why would you vote for somebody? You, you're having a hard time and you're on food stamps now. Why would you want to vote for somebody that's going to take that away from you? Well, everything was, I, I think everything boils down to the ego. And I think this in a bigger way too. Like every, every major problem in my life is related some way, some form or fashion to ego. Ego or incident, you know? Or both. Um, like, yeah, or both. And I think that it is that we never see ourselves as dependent. We never see ourselves, like you said, we're temporarily not millionaires. If we're on food stamps, we are not the people on food stamps. We're just temporarily, you know, we're not, we don't classify ourselves as the people who are dependent or the people in need um, unless we have societally reinforced that which as a generational thing, which I think is like, really poor urban communities where it's like this is how we get by we right. need these things otherwise we'll fucking die got it and so therefore you know like you're not going to see wholesale black communities voting against ever voting republican right because they understand in a really personal way uh poor inner city communities how how much the social well how much social welfare is necessary how, yes. how much it's just vital to uh to being able to survive and I think that we we have you know like other communities, particularly outside of the cities and, and rural communities and, and in working communities and small towns, uh, you know they don't see themselves. They the, the image of that, the stereotype of who is on food stamps has been reinforced by the you know Republicans. Well, and, right? and it's not and, that and that's that not actually have. true. Right. Right. It's mostly whites. Right. Right. Um, and of course it is, because statistically they make up a huge percentage of the population. Right. You know, so there's just no way, no way that it wouldn't. But they don't see themselves that way, even if they are those people, because that's not the, the image that is presented. Right? And I think because your ego says that I am not that, then you vote against it. Right. Because you have an animus towards that. Yes. Yes. You have an animus towards that. I'm yeah. not. I'm just, this is just, yeah, I'm fuck. just. That's I'm not, not, I'm a hardworking, I'm a working man. Yeah. Right. You know I'm, I mean? a I'm, make, I'm a maker. Right. I'm not a taker. Yeah. And right. so I vote against takers because I don't believe in that. Right. Even though currently I'm taking quite a lot. And <laughs> yeah. it, what also gets me is this thing about being religious and Christian and what not a Christian being, world we live in and not living that. Not living Christian. Being a Christian without the being. Christian without Christ, right? Or Christ without Christian? I, I don't. I'm not quite sure. But it's, there's know? no, there's nothing Christ-like about the Christianity that is being preached. Clearly, and you look at people like Dick Cheney, and you go, "How are you?" Or people that vote for Dick Cheney, like, "How are you? How does that work? Well, How does that work?" I, I, I have a very, and anecdotally, I think I have an experience which sort of sums up how this sort of cognitive dissonance can live within, you know, the Cheney brain, which is that uh, back in high school, at good old Whitney Young. Um, we had this thing, and it was a great teacher, and we, we, we'd do the trial of Martin Luther and the tri trial of Adolf Hitler, mm -hmm. like if they were to be tried. And I volunteered to be Hitler. I thought, yeah, that'll be fun. You know, ah, oh, man, I'm a teen. Then what could be more fucking cool and right. counterculture as a liberal than right. to play Hitler? A vegetarian. Um, yeah, yeah. He was a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, no, very he? few people. Yeah. I did and not very know that. few people go, 
Oh, you're vegetarian? Yeah. Hitler. Yeah. Hitler. <laughs> Nazi. Exactly. Um, yeah. Huh. Didn't know that. But uh, but there was a question. It was like, do you believe you treated the Jews inhumanely? And and the one of the stipulations of the trial was you have to you can't perjure. You can't perjure yourself. Uh, you right. have to answer honestly. And so I would say, oh no, I didn't treat Jews inhumanely because that requires you believing that Jews are human, right? And so I'm like the the cognitive dissonance that that sort of exists invisibly within the Cheney brain is that they're not torturing people because they don't see them as people. Right. Even the people that are innocent, and yeah. that's what gets me, where he because goes... Because they are you know, lower so, than human. Right. They are subhuman. Right. And that's, that's, that's Islamophobia, that's, that's a hatred of brown people, you know, and it's a hatred of anything that isn't white Christian. White, straight Christian. Yeah, exactly. So let's just put white, that... White, cisgendered, straight Christian. Exactly. Exactly. And... And what? So going back to that guy in Missouri, Representative Dick. Yeah. Um, going back to that guy in Missouri, and and because that guy in Missouri can say whatever the fuck he wants to say, but it's the people that are voting for him that I think are really the international douchebags of America, um, non-union. So those yeah. people, I'm looking <laughs> at those people saying, "Don't you know someone who?" Uh, and when it comes to Missouri, I'm sure it's not like everybody in Marin. I'm sure that people are overweight. They have diabetes. They might have gout. Their diets are all fucked up. So they are counting on having that um, that insurance. Yeah. And it's about it's for me. Again, it's them not seeing themselves as those people. Oh yeah. That was a bigger point I was making, but I just got caught up in. Looking at all those people, the saying, international douchebags of America. Yeah, how they're, yeah. they're the ones who are the, the real societal ill. Clearly, right? they're, they're the voting one. in people who are just wrecking things up. Right, again and, and again. And again, if somebody says, "Oh, we're going to take," so right now, I, you know, for the first time in my life, not me, but these folks in Missouri, in Tipton, because that's where Keckner's from, and I always think about Tipton. <laughs> so in Tipton, um, there's somebody in Tipton who voted for this guy. I don't think that, that's the representative. Doesn't matter, Dave. Just fucking keep moving forward. <laughs> so in Tipton, this person is finally getting their insulin in the proper way, and there's his or her representative saying, first thing we're going to do, first thing on the list is get rid of that. And you go, okay. Well, but, and this is intentional too, if you look at like Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, they have renamed Obamacare so that no one knows that it is Obamacare. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, right. And it's the right. same thing with like Medicaid and welfare. People are like, no, I don't, I don't believe in a welfare state. Don't touch my Social Security. Don't touch my Medicaid. Right. And it's like they have managed, the Republicans have managed to, to separate. But how can you and separate? And relabel something so that in their But it's their called health care. Yeah. And he says repeal fucking health care. But when they, they, don't, they, they hear Obamacare. Health care and Obamacare become synonymous in the Republican. So message. they say repeal Obamacare, and it's because then that what they're what they're hearing when you say repeal Obamacare is repeal Obama, right? And right. that's what they want. Yeah, because we go back to the word stronger or weak. Yeah, you right. Know what I mean, yeah. And it's like they found you know, and it's racism. It's racism. It's that's racism. All it is. It's racism. I've never seen a white president be held accountable for the actions of every single white person within the country at their Or non-white person. Yeah. You know, those two cops in Brooklyn were shot because of Obama. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But that's what I mean. It's like, he's a black president, so he, and this is how we treat every minority, every oppressed group, you know, is is responsible. And I was reading this great article about the sort of like the credit and debit of of race and the credit and debit of, of minority, which is that like, 
if you are a white person, you're an individual. Like there's a credit towards you as a white person because like anything you do is instantly only understood within the realm of your individual experience. There's, there's no white pathology. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're a black person or a woman even then, like instantly it's related to the pathology of womanhood or the pathology of being black. So therefore, if a black person and, and the interchangeability of black people, the interchangeability of a member of an oppressed group, if a woman acts one way, that's how all women act. Therefore, any woman can be held responsible for those actions because women are crazy, right? And this just proves that all women are crazy. If some woman does something crazy, something wrong, something viewed as, as incorrect, then it's just further proof that you're also incorrect and you're also incorrect and you are now held to the, sta you know, the standards created by what we see as that behavior, the consequences of that behavior. And it's the same thing with like, why we'll say Eric Holder and Obama are the only two members of administration. Nobody said Biden. Right, right. Nobody, nobody named, and nobody said John Kerry. Right. You know, is responsible, right. you know, and it's because, and you look at who they attack about Benghazi, you look about who they, you know, it's like it's women and it's, it's black people, minorities. If right. there were other brown, types of brown people in the administration, in the cabinet, in a visible way, they would also be getting attacked. Right, well you got, what's your name, Rice? Yeah. Not Rice, um, uh, uh, NSA, the head of the NSA now. Yeah. Uh, but I guarantee, and the problem she got, she got nailed. She got nailed on that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, she was a major part of the Benghazi thing. It's like, why did she come out and say what? It's like, wait, 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 wait. No, you're right. And it's what but I look used at, to look do. Look at their, how they're defending the CIA, the the guys in charge of you know what, Brennan or whatever. Yeah, is, Brennan. In charge, and, and, and in charge of the CIA, and it's like, why, why is that? Why, why is that guy getting a pass? Right. You know what I mean? And it's partly because it was a Republican administration and a Republican things happening right then, but it's partly because white people aren't responsible. I, and I think that's a real thing that happens. And I think that's why Obama is responsible for this, is because he is responsible for the action of every black person in America. And it, he only, but he'll only be responsible if they do something bad. Right. He's not responsible for us lowering the gas prices, but he's responsible no. for the price of gas prices. He's not responsible for unemployment going down. He's not responsible for the economy growing. He's not responsible for any of the any metric. He's, right. He said it himself. He's like, by you know, by any metric that you measure this country, right. we have improved. Right. We have gotten better. And it's like that doesn't matter though. It doesn't fucking matter. You're still though. Obama and you're still president. Right. Exactly. You're still Obama, and the, when you stop being a black guy, let's talk. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, I don't. But, I don't see any. And that's why they. That's why they will repeal health care. That's why they will. The, that, that's why it's okay for their representative to say the first thing that he wants to do Got is it. repeal health care. Got it. Got it. Because they say repeal Obama. They say repeal health care becomes repeal Obama. Mm -hmm. becomes repeal Obama. Right. And Obama is the enemy. Uh, and that's the weekend they're living for, man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, or they got gout, right. they got diabetes, right. and they got a white president. Right. It's awesome. Right? That's you know? the weekend that they're living for. Yeah. Like, if I was smart, I'd end there. But I, I, there's more bitching to do. Go, yeah. nah, that's the circle. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I used to give, yeah. I used to give uh, Jews slack where it was like, oh, if I know that this guy is a Jewish guy, I'd go, okay, first off, you got slack. So what's going to happen now is you're going to, it's up to you to lose it. Yeah. It's up to you to lose it. And nowadays I go, this is what happened. I was in... I'm maybe about 15, 20 years ago. I've been here for 20 years. And uh, I was, I witnessed a car accident. And I got in around uh, National, like Robertson and whatever over there. So I witnessed a car accident. I get out of the car. It was an Asian guy driving some car. And it was this dark, dark haired woman driving a Mercedes. 
and I get out of the car, and it was clearly the Mercedes, the lady in the Mercedes, clearly yeah. she was responsible for it. And I get out of the car, and I walk up to the Asian guy, and I had a card, and they're like, I witnessed it, if you need for me to yeah. you know, be a witness, I'm here, I saw the whole thing. And the woman walked up, she runs, she runs up to me, and she goes, what are you doing? You're a lanceman. We're Jews. You stand, we stand up for each other. And I'm going, wow. Yeah. I was that woman. That changed me in that moment. That changed me. Right. It's not okay. Yeah. But we have, we also have these things where it's like, okay, let's codify the group that we're in. Yeah. We're in, we're Jews being here, so we all take care of each other. But what yeah. happens when a Jew does a, an egregious thing? Yeah. Can we not look at that codification? Can we not? Accountability. Exactly. Because we, we, we need accountability for society to function. It, on this planet, we are all on this planet. Now, here's yeah. the thing about being on the planet. Uh, Lithuania. Let's take Lithuania. The border of Lithuania has changed over time so much. Yeah. It, was, it ended here and it ended there. You know, the borders have, have grown and the people of Lithuania are essentially fucked. So you, I look at those people and at one point they were Lithuanians. At one point they were Swedes. Yeah. At one point they were German. At one point, like, it really must make you go, it doesn't matter what the no, fucking border no, is. Yeah, it's arbitrary. It's arbitrary. Yeah, it's, it's like arbitrary. the weekend. Yeah, it, yep. We've created it. It's just a bunch of constructs. But our actions make constructs real. Um, you're saying going to Lake Havasu for the weekend in that boat. You've seen those pictures of those people. <laughs> you know Lake Havasu? I don't know. In Arizona. There's a bunch of people. Oh, the lake in Arizona where everybody fucking goes crazy. Exactly. It's like, it's like On the Cancun week. in Arizona. Exactly. And I always think, when I think about yeah. living for the weekend, that's the image. That yeah, well, that's the weekend, right? That's yeah. how we understand the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you're, I cut you but off. Yeah, but yeah, but, uh, you know, our actions make these constructs real, like race. We always say race is a construct, race is a construct. And Toni Morrison was on Colbert a few weeks ago, and he's like, you know, like, it's a social construct, you know, racism, race isn't real, racism is real. And that's, that's how you fucking understand everything. That's how you can understand the whole fucking kit and caboodle of, like, what societal ills are. It's like, it's, it's that we, we turn, we keep clapping for evil Tinkerbell to live. You know right, what I mean? Right, you know, like right. like all this shit would fade away if if we agreed that it was that it was made up. It was bullshit. It's Absolutely. not real. It's like Lithuania, like the border. They're just white. They're just people there. Yes. Whatever, and it doesn't matter. But we've created e currency. We've created economy. We've created tariffs. We've created relations. We've created diplomatic relations. We've created an embassy, mm -hmm. and so all those things are contingent upon Lithuania existing. As and Lithuania. If Lithuania exists as Lithuania. Right. Lithuanians need to inhabit it. Exactly. They need to play their part. Yeah. Exactly. And so, therefore, like we've necessitated the the continuity of this thing that never existed to begin with. Exactly. It's money. Yeah. It's the same it's, thing with it's money. It all boils down to pretty much money. Well, but it also, like, the idea of money is a construct. Yeah. And so you take the people, which is a huge thing, where you take the Deutschmark and the Lira and the Gilder and the, uh, the pound, the, Brit the, 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 the Irish pound, mm -hmm. and uh, the Frank, if I didn't already say that, and you go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get rid of all that money, and we're going to have something called the euro. So suddenly, all yeah. that all that beautiful gilder, that ten gilder note that you had yeah. there, that was gorgeous. That is now just a piece of paper. It means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing. It's just a pretty piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And for somebody's rock bottom foundation to go, what do you mean we're taking you're taking our money in? What do you mean? And Argentina like doing, yeah, 
of fixing things just arbitrarily. Ar arbitrarily. And the interesting thing for me is you and everybody on my block, okay, here's the thing. I go to the Grove, mm -hmm. we'll say, get my car with a thousand other people, and we're all at the Grove. And then we go out into the street, and now we're just people driving cars. Yeah. And then we come to, to our block, and we all live in our houses on our block. These are little pods of our recognition of what it is and who it is that we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I walked into pavilions alone. Right. I walked into pavilions alone, and then the lights went out, and then we were all in the dark. Yeah. Well, at what point does I become we? Right. Yeah. And I think that there's always a we. Yeah. You know, but even in a even in a more abstract sense, there's the we of of the eye of recollection, right? And we talk about this as there's a book I read, which is a, a predictable irrationality, which is sort of how human beings are predictably irrational, and and it's true. There's, there's studies done that show that there's a certain set of of choices that in a certain in a certain way, if you set up this system of choices for people, just any group of people, they will. A certain statistic, there's a statistical probability that a percentage of them, a huge, a majority percentage, will make the same irrational choice. Irrational, which means that if they were looking properly at the evidence, they would understand that this is not a choice I should be making. But a group of strangers will make the same irrational choice if they are given the same context, the same extenuating circumstances. And one of those things is that we lie, like, we remember all our past selves and the decisions that those past selves have made. So if when we're walking on the block and we're headed out from our community or block to go to the Grove, we remember which place we'd like to get our coffee from because that all those memories are individual selves, uh -huh. right? That me went over there. That me also went there. That me went there. That me went there. And we line up behind our past selves and get in line at the same place again. So I has become we in, its own, in, a, in, a, in a whole other way. But it's something, it really opens you up to start thinking about examining your behavior, right? Well, when you start uh, no, thinking but, about like separating yourself from past decisions. It's like that was the decision of a different person. That is huge. That is fucking huge. Um, uh, I just had an ex girlfriend uh, just yesterday. Uh, she saw a picture of my present girlfriend uh, online. She goes, Oh, um, I see that you got a new girlfriend. That's great. Congratulations. Treat her nicely this time. And I was like, what the fuck? That's like she held on to her past her yeah. and didn't move forward. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you're the same. You haven't, no time has passed for you since that event. Right. And my interaction with her was that was Dave then. And it wasn't yeah. like Dave was a douchebag then. It was like that was what was happening then. Our dynamic. And What's that? It was a dynamic. It wasn't a person. Exactly. Exactly. And and at the same time, to go, I forgive my that guy. Yeah. I forgive that guy. Yeah. And forgiveness is huge. Yeah. But if you don't look at yourself as that ego needing to hold on to you yourself, whatever that's going to be, and to say, okay, if I forgive somebody's interaction with me at that moment, it's going to shatter who it is that I am. Because really, all that I'm saying is I forgive me, that person back then. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, you're, because you're, that was not who it was that I am. Yeah, well, it was a it was a it was a different person in a different set of extenuating circumstances, making decisions based on those factors, yes. which have changed. And and what it also does because is now allows... you encompass them, whereas yes. that person was the the limit and boundary of that person's self, whereas the person you are now encompasses all the persons that came before. Right, and I don't, but I'm also not that person. Yeah, well, you, you would be 
even by being more, the moreness that is you now is a difference, right? Yes. Like you can't be the same person because you you add up to more. Yes. Yes, and the knowledge that I have of the person that I am right yeah. now is not the knowledge that is is more knowledge than I was back then. Yeah, you're aware of self in a way that was that is you know both conceivably and inconceivably different depending on on where you're standing and, and on the timeline of things. Like that person couldn't could only guess at what this person was going to be like where this person has knowledge, has concrete knowledge of what that person was. Yes. All that it requires, I mean, for me, all of that, because I do travel so much and I was on a, a train going from, let's say, I was on a train going from Dublin to Belfast. And I'm on that train by myself with my luggage in my possession uh, and my iPad and my iPhone and my, my computer. And I'm sitting and saying, if everything disappears right now of what it is that I have in L.A., it doesn't matter mm -hmm. because I am this right now. My all my stuff isn't who I am. Yeah. All my history isn't who I am. It's my history. Yeah. But I think a lot of people go, "Oh, well, if I don't have my story, I don't know who the fuck I am." Yeah. Well, that and that relates to, but I think that's very that idea and the ability to sort of switch into that mode of of sort of the, the currency of, of current. The yeah. currency of current. Awesome. Yeah, but I, I think that that, that, is, that is so inevitable with career and lifelong improvisers who have any talent for it. What do you because mean? I, I think that you constantly are, every week or however often you're playing, is like you step on, the lights go down, the lights go, or maybe the lights stay on, but whatever it is, the show begins and you have to leave everything that was off. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the way brains perform, if you look at neurological behavior, we build, you know, you use it or lose it, right? But if you use it, you're creating something new, right? And, and the stronger you use something, it becomes habitual until it becomes ingrained, until it becomes instinct. And, and with improvisers, the instinct that, that grows and strengthens and, and becomes codified into our existence is the ability to, like, be present and only be present. And that means that we do develop the ability to detach from what came before in a material way. You know, speaking of stuff, and I think that's something that other people are, you know, sort of trained in the opposite, where it's like you're constantly counting and accounting and hoarding and collecting and storing and, and the, num the numerical possessions, you know, that becomes you. Your ability to understand all that you possess is you, right? What right. you possess is you, whereas with improvisers, we're constantly learning that what you possess isn't you. You have to leave it. If you want to be a great improviser, you have to forget all that stuff and right. be here. Here you know? is what we possess here. Yeah, or we constantly try to. Well, for me, yes. We're, uh, uh, we're circling I, it. <laughs> my feeling always is that, that word try just always kind of puts me, like makes me go, Rrr. So I, I saw an image recently that I think is really apt for, for sort of understanding like how improvisers um, sort of circle pre being present and circle being here, which is <clears> sort of how electrons orbit an atom, which is that they quantum leap into different, like it'll go, it, it, it's not a continuous orbit, it'll be and it, and it goes down and, and up, and like so there's an up orbital and a down orbital, and like, uh, but it's constantly popping from one to the other, right? And, and it emits light when that happens, and there's a process of, of, a chemical process of things, an electric process of things that occurs when it switches, but when it connects, um, when it can, when it when it when it goes, connect. it just disappears yeah. and reappears. Uh huh. 
It's like uh-huh. it, it ceases to exist and then pops in as if it never stopped existing. And like I feel like that's the way we are with being present in the show where you're like here, 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 you lose it and you're back. Like you like pop out, pop in and out constantly. And sometimes depending on the strength of the show, like the, you're a little bit longer just here before your brain recognizes it and becomes aware of the, <laughs> all the weird constructs that you've built. Right. And, you know, and that's right. when you laugh sometimes. That's right. when you break. But when we can do both those things, when we, can, when we can be in the scene and be looking at ourselves in the scene and not both decide... Both at the same time. But yeah. Both at the same time because I've, I've, I do that. That's what I do is, is to, be, to be here with you right now and also to be looking at yeah, us right now. But it's, it's a matter... For me, it's a matter of... I am aware of our connection right now. Now I am aware that I am aware of our connection right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage in me being aware of being aware of our connection now, but I'm going to be aware of being aware of our connection now, just to be aware. Yeah. And now I'm going, okay, this is what it is, you, or us being together. Well, and that, that plays into some, there's, there's other specific skills within improv that are important, right? And you talked about it, like when, when we came back, we, when we closed the loop, right? The awareness of a loop means that you're not totally here. Yes. Right? And yes. that's that's pattern that recognition. Us. Yes. That's like, okay, here's the pattern or here's here's the callback. Or yes. here's where we're tie you know, here are the, you have to know the loose ends and know there are loose ends to be able to tie them together. Yes. And but if you're present, that's not how, how any you could consider reality. The reality of improv is that you wouldn't be aware of those things. Yes. Because you would just be like, well, I'm in this moment and one moment leads to the next and that's all there is. That is exactly... Uh, there was a student, uh, Alexi Keats, uh, that I had and he... I don't know him at all. And he... Uh, he I, I was, he was a student of mine. And uh, two days ago, three days ago, he said, sent me an email maybe a week ago saying, let's get together because I want to talk about presentness with you. And he's been doing meditation yeah. and for years and years and years, and like for years. And he says, you hit on something. And his concept was this, the moment that you codify what it is that you're doing, you're not doing it anymore. Yeah. The moment that you say, oh, this is what improvisation is, you stop doing it at that moment because yeah. you're not doing you're not improvising anymore. You're calling it something which removes you from the action of improvising. Yeah, well improvising itself is even a word that I think as you get deeper into it, you're like, oh, it is it is like a tenuously connected word to whatever the activity is. Whatever the thing is that is happening, Im- improvisation is a symbol that stands in place for what it truly is. Like we don't you can't name it because it is so different and changing and changeable and the rules are so fluid. And, and, and just, you know, precisely tethered to the instant of it happening. Like the rules that work for one show are not necessarily going to be the rules that work for another show and things like that. And, and that's why, you know, I always have the problem with like when you, whenever you approach like a school of thought when it comes to improv, it's like this is what improv is, this is how it happens. And I'm like, this is, you know, and that's what I, I always feel like that's great for introducing people to it to make sure that we enter through the same doorway. You know what I mean? So like, oh, at least at this moment right now, we sort of have a, a, a kind of a vague idea that we're all on the same page. But as you go deeper into it, you're like, now you got to let go of that and let go of everything and embrace the individuality of you and what you are and what's ha- and the individuality of this moment. Like what's happening here and where it goes. Like I always think of it as like universe creation, where it's like every show is its own universe that is, that is build, building and creating as you, as you live in it. And you're sort of you're discovering things that are happening, but that are net, that are vital in sort of ways. And then you sort of like, oh, I've built a kind of a shitty universe this time. <laughs> like you know, the oh, planets get, kept I, hitting each other. I get to live in that shitty universe. Yeah. The, the fact that I'm living in a shitty universe is the universe that I'm living in. Yeah, but 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 it is like it is 
that unspeakable thing of like when you get there, it's unnameable in a way. It's like the, the things that help, the tools that will help you while you're investigating this universe are patience, listening, and, and awareness. Awareness and courage to a certain extent. Like Certainly. just go forward. You have right. to go learn everything you can, play with everything, touch everything, you know, and be here with each other. Now. Yeah, now. And don't, don't try and make it be some other universe. Don't try and... Don't bring somebody else's universe into your yeah, fucking bullshit. Don't try, yeah, don't walk in with the universe that you want to see, <laughs> you know? Wait, don't walk in with the universe that you want to see. Yeah. No, because you know what? That's not our universe. That's, yeah. that's your it's universe. It's going to come up and you're going to discover that like whatever it is, if you just embrace the thing that is happening, that will end up being the right thing. Right. Then it becomes the weekend. Yeah, then it's the weekend. You're already there. That's the thing is you were already there the whole time. It was just a matter of just letting that, letting it be. Today's the weekend. Yeah, today's the weekend. It's always the weekend, man. It's Let's stop weekend. there. That's awesome. That's huge. That was really good. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.